This is Cruise Radio. If this whole thing we're going through right now has taught us anything, it is to always have travel insurance. Get a quote today at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here. Just a few more weeks left of 2020. Be so happy to put this behind us. So um, Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News and a review of Norwegian Epic this week. So we'll jump right to Sherry. Hey there. Hi, Doug. So Carnival Cruise Line is pushing back the return for a few ships. Yeah, they just announced plans to send three ships into dry dock. The ships that are affected include Carnival Magic, and those cruises have been canceled through September 21st. Carnival Paradise cruises are canceled through May 31st. And finally, Carnival Valor is canceled through September 11th. And as you might expect, Carnival's offering for those who want to rebook, they can get a 100% future cruise credit plus an onboard credit, or of course they can ask for a full refund. You know, when you're talking about this story, it had me thinking, by the time some of these ships go back to service, they all have been out of service for 18 months. Yeah, a few cobwebs. Yeah, maybe. wild, right? Yeah, that's, that's really strange. Who would have thought? Well, some of us did. Yeah. <laughs> But some good news for Carnival. Yeah, so last week, Carnival Horizon, and we reported on this, uh, Carnival Horizon returned to Florida. And then this week, Carnival Breeze moved from the Bahamas, where it's been floating offshore for a few months, to Port Miami. Eventually, when the ship does meet all of the CDC requirements, it's supposed to head north to Port Canaveral. But like everything else in the cruise world lately, you never know if plans can change. So this next story is two parts because one, Royal Caribbean debuted their contact tracing device called the Tracelet. So first, tell us about this. Yeah, so Royal Caribbean trademarked the word Tracelet a while ago, and this is for their new wristband that's intended, like you said, to assist in contact tracing aboard the ships. And the reason they did this is just one of the many procedures required by the CDC for ships to start cruising again they have to have some sort of onboard tracing mechanism or device. And other cruise lines already in the wearables game include Princess Cruises. They have their Ocean Medallion technology. And then MSC and Costa all have some kind of device right now that will have to be fine-tuned to do contact tracing. And the tracelet actually worked, as we learned a couple of days ago. Yeah, so uh, earlier this week, Royal Caribbean restarted Quantum of the Seas, sailing from Singapore on short cruises to nowhere. And passengers were required to take the usual PCR COVID-19 test two to three days before the cruise, but no PCR tests were done at embarkation. So one elderly passenger did test positive for the virus midway through the cruise, And all of the nearly 1,700 passengers, which is less than a full ship, they were quarantined to their staterooms. But everyone on board was wearing their tracelet. It was reported that Royal Caribbean was able to identify the passengers that might have interacted with the presumably infected person. And then there was some good news, according to a Facebook post from the Singapore Cruise Society. The first test turned out to be a false positive. The post continues that the passenger was tested two more times and both times had negative results. The December 10th cruise is canceled, but Royal Caribbean still plans for the December 14th departure as scheduled. And I would guess everyone will be wearing their tracelet. 
a little frustrating because, you know, one false positive can shut the industry down again. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, I think they said they're going to be doing one. This person is going to have one more test Mm -hmm. and hopefully that turns out to be negative. And in which case, you know, things can, the December 14th can go on. I'll be so glad when we quit talking about all this virus talk, but it looks like a virus or an antivirus air system being installed on Norwegian. Yeah. So they've enlisted the help from a company called Atmos Air Solutions. And apparently from what I read, their system is already in use in about 7,500 different venues. And the goal with Norwegian, of course, is to provide continuous COVID disinfection across all 28 ships in the three cruise lines that are in the Norwegian Holdings family. Now, this company, Atmos Air Solutions, claims that its system works by using no harmful chemicals, no radiation, and no weird byproducts. So instead, the process releases ions into the ship's HVAC system, and then these ions bond with the virus and other pathogens to just knock them out. It's called bipolar ionization technology, and test results claim a 99.92% rate of neutralizing the virus within 30 minutes. Hey, that's nice. That's awesome. If that really can be implemented everywhere, you know, that's one way to get things moving again. Yeah, interesting. They should put that here in my building. There's 26 floors here. I don't know. You know, I I didn't look. I know it said that they are they've installed their system in um, shopping malls, Mm -hmm. uh, sporting venues and other major places with thousands of people. But um, with great success, apparently, they're saying so. We'll have to wait and see. Necessity is the mother of invention, right? Thank you, Frank Zappa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Listener question, email your questions to Doug at cruiseradio.net. My cruise was canceled, and I know it's ultimately my decision, but which is better, a future cruise credit or getting a complete refund? This is from Devin in New Hampshire. Well, hi, Devin. You know, it's, it's a really a personal decision, but here's my thought on that. So if you plan to cruise again with that cruise line at some point, then maybe take advantage of the onboard credit. Also, if the cruise line is kicking in, say, uh, I know, I've seen some for 125% future cruise credit plus an onboard credit, then maybe it does pay to keep your money in, in motion, basically. It's already gone. You've already, it's already out of your wallet. And you can just think of it as banked for your next cruise if you're absolutely certain you want to stick with that cruise line. But if you're unsure if and when you might cruise again, or if you really just don't want to type your funds for at least a year, or you just happen to need whatever deposit or full fare you've paid, then just go for the refund. And keep in mind, though, that as we've read and reported before, it can take up to a couple of months until you actually see the money being refunded to your bank account. Yeah, but that, I mean, that's a little faster now, though. I mean, back then when things were first starting to happen and there was, you know, millions of cruises being canceled yeah. or passengers, rather, it was taking up to 90 days. But the past couple of refunds I've gotten over the past couple of months, um, because I'm just sick of future cruise credits. I've had six cancel on me at this point. So I'm just like yeah. over it. And I'm just getting refunds. Um I've waited no longer than two weeks now, but that that was for the big three. So Royal, um, Carnival, and Norwegian. Yeah, someone had told me they waited about 45 days to get wow. their refund. Yeah, that was refund. me. I mean, back when all this first happened, yeah. and to get $4,800 back from Carnival, uh, it was damn near 90 days. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, they are getting faster, but um, 
and I think they have the systems in place now too, just to press a few buttons and refund mm-hmm. it, which yeah. they didn't have before. Yeah, that's for sure. All right, I've been talking with Sherry Laskin from cruisemaven.com. Thank you, Sherry. Thanks, Doug. If you have an Amazon Alexa-enabled device, ask her to enable the Cruise Radio News skill so you can get daily updates anytime straight from Cruise Radio. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Cruise Radio. Maintaining our global reach. Listen live at cruiseradio.net. Earlier this year, Francine took a trip on Norwegian Epic, and she joins us this week to talk all about it. Hey, Francine, how are you? I'm good, Doug. How are you? Good, thank you. So this was a seven-night cruise out of uh, San Juan, Puerto Rico. What made you want to take this one? Because you're up in the Chicago area. Well, um, I'm a gambler. (laughs) So there's a casino close to my house called Rivers Casino, and... I had gotten a cruise voucher from them. So I did some research and I saw this cruise on the Epic leaving from San Juan. And my boyfriend works at a major airline and it's easy for us to travel. And also what the selling point was leaving from Puerto Rico was that it was a balcony cabin. Nice. So I got a really, um, of course I had to pay, it was, they advertised it as a free cruise, but I did have to pay some charges and it ended up being, you know, around $500 a piece for a seven night cruise plus with the uh, free uh, beverage package and the dining packages. So it was a really good deal. Hey, a comp's a comp, right? We'll pay, we'll pay some taxes. Doesn't really matter. Very good. So you make your way to San Juan, any pre-cruise time? We did. We flew into San Juan the day before, stayed at a quaint because that's about all they are in old San Juan, quaint hotels, because they're not very big and spacious. But it was nice. And we did a little sightseeing. The day of the cruise, we actually, because we didn't board the ship, the ship left um, later at night. So our boarding time wasn't until about four o'clock in the afternoon. We did the Casa Bacardi tour. Um, And then actually Ubered from Casa Bacardi back to our hotel because they had our luggage in storage, picked mm-hmm. up our luggage. Our Uber driver was awesome, and then headed over to the port. Okay. So, so you yeah. make your way to the port to embark Norwegian Epic. How was the embarkation process in San Juan? It was what I expected because of this. We flew. It was pre-COVID, just, I mean, pre-shutdown, I should say. Mm-hmm. COVID had already existed. So there were lines. We waited outside for a little bit. It wasn't too bad. We probably waited about an hour and a half in line to board the ship because what they were telling us was they were scanning our passports to make sure that we hadn't traveled to Asia because that Mm -hmm. was the big thing at that point. It was, you know, if you had traveled to China, they were kind of banning you or, you know, they wanted to check you out. Mm -hmm. So they took a little bit more time. Gotcha. So what would you say uh, from curb the ship? How long did it take you? It was about an hour and a half. Okay. 
Gotcha. Yeah, not now, too bad. I, I know you've sailed Norwegian Epic before, so uh, you can give us your thoughts on your first cruise if you want to. What were your first impressions when you boarded Norwegian Epic? Well, it's ginormous, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's very different looking than your typical cruise ship. Yeah, it, it just, it's epic. <laughs> it's are, big, it's epic, it's beautiful. Are you the kind of traveler that will you know, fully research the ship before you go on it, take the YouTube tours, look at the deck plans, the food options, the menus, pictures, everything. Doug, how do you know that about me? I'm just guessing. (laughs) It is exactly what I do. (laughs) So yes, I have to research everything because that's just who I am. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had read, obviously, um, for my first cruise, I had read some negative reviews about the staterooms. And I found them actually charming and they were, they are small and they are set up different with the the toilet and the shower and then the sink basically in the living area. But I'm kind of a positive person. So it didn't bother me and I made the best of it. Yeah, I was the same way. Like when I sailed it back in, gosh, July of 2010, that's all people were talking about was it's miserable, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, why is it miserable? First off, you're on a cruise. Right. Stop complaining. There's a deck plan available online. You knew what you were getting into. Book a different cabin if you don't like it. I don't know. It was just it's just kind of crazy. But um yeah, I'm on with you though. Very positive and uh, there's other things that are worthwhile to probably complain about, but that is not one of them. Yeah. No. It, I mean it's Some hotel rooms are different, too. Mm -hmm. You just got to go with the – you're on vacation. You got to go with the flow. Yeah, totally. Um, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say. So my first experience was an inside stateroom, very Mm -hmm. small. And then this cruise, we ended up getting the balcony because of the comp from the casino. And we got the large balcony, which Mm -hmm. was basically just – it was towards the front of the ship. It was – I believe it, it was on the 11th deck. That's that's my guess, 11th or 12th. And it was an enclosed balcony, but it was still nice and big. And it was nice to go sit outside and enjoy, you know, the, the ocean air. So it was quite a big difference between my first time on the Epic to my second time on the Epic. So, yeah, sounds like it. But as far as like, you know, comparing the two staterooms for a moment here was the first stateroom and then this upgraded stateroom. I mean, were they both comfortable? Oh, yes. Yes. Very comfortable. Of course, in the first one, we had two separate beds, which Mm -hmm. were very, you know, it was very small, but comfortable. The beds are very comfortable. I like to sleep on a ship. It rocks me to sleep at night. And plus everything you do all day long. Mm -hmm. I never slept so good with the balcony. We we, I know you're not supposed to, but we left the window open (laughs) or, or the door open and got that fresh air and, you know, slept very well on that cruise as well, too. So. Well, we won't tell anyone. You're uh, your secret <laughs> you. safe here. So, uh, Let's talk about the dining on board Norwegian Epic. Now, of course, Norwegian is known for freestyle dining. So you basically, there's no set dining times. Kind of eat when you'd like to and where you'd like to. So we'll start in the, the main dining room concept they have on board. How was your experience in there? Well, that's funny because... <laughs> We didn't dine in the main dining rooms. Well, I did have the three free dining. I don't know what they yeah, call the it. Yeah, the free now. at sea thing. The free at sea. That's there you it. Go. So I made reservations for three of those dinings: Moderno, Cagney's, and Tempanyaki. We really like Shanghai's. We ate there a couple times. So we'd like never. My boyfriend wore shorts, mm-hmm. and they didn't at the Manhattan room. They you had to wear slacks. So. 
we just kind of went to Shanghai's again or to the noodle bar or even Oshin hands we liked as well. So and then yeah, the, we never did the main dining rooms. The three specialty restaurants. Um, talk to us about those. So how was Cagney's? Oh, Cagney's was delicious. It was just delicious. And we had a wonderful um, sommelier that kept coming over to our table and asking, just asked us questions. Um, mm-hmm. He was very talkative, wanted to know about us. And I'm the only one that had, a, I had a glass of wine and I'm not a big wine drinker, but I felt like <laughs> that he came to the table that I should order a glass of wine. Sure. But it was a great experience. The food was delicious. I had asked for like the petite filet and the, the waiter looked at me, he goes, are you crazy? I'm bringing you the big filet. <laughs> And I went, okay. <laughs> He's like, it's free. So um, it was it was delicious. All the food on the ship is delicious. We had just a great time in the restaurants. What did you think of Moderno? I loved it. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Pete, my boyfriend, had never been to a Brazilian steakhouse. So that was his first time. And he's a meat lover. He's a carnivore. So he went right for it. That little thing always stayed green. <laughs> That's great. The thing that you you know, red and green, it was always green. He was asking for everything. So... That was our first night. So after that experience, he that was his first cruise. He looked at me and he said, this is the best time. Thank you for forcing me to come because I kind of forced him. <laughs> was he hesitant so, at first? He was. He was. He is an airline employee that mm-hmm. doesn't really like to fly. Okay. So he likes to do road trips, believe it or not. So for me to get him on this cruise, it was like the dollars that really when he saw how much it cost, he said, oh, yeah, let's try that. So after that first night, he was sold. You have him hooked. I did. I had him hooked. That and is he awesome. really would love to do it again. Very so. Cool. And how was the Garden Cafe on board? We enjoyed it. Um, we would go for breakfast to the Garden Cafe. Um, we didn't do any dinners. We might have done like a lunch on our day at sea there. There are so many options. Whatever you wanted, you could have at the Garden Cafe. And what I like about the Garden Cafe is that front dining area. And you sit in front of the ship and you can watch Mm -hmm. the water and it's just nice and open. And I found it, like I said, I had no complaints about any of the food anywhere on the ship. It was very, very good. Did you dine in any places outside of like the main dining room or the buffet or the specialty, maybe like a poolside venue or anything? Near the pool, they have, I think it's like a takeoff of the Garden Cafe. They have like the outside buffet. So we did, you know, grab a hot dog there maybe one day or some nachos if we were hungry. We really liked the poolside bar. So Mm -hmm. we were there a lot and we would have little, you know, little snacks if we sat at the bar too long. (laughs) So (laughs) there's uh, those bar snacks come in. come in great use sometimes don't they oh yeah yeah Yeah, and it was very close (laughs) to (laughs) the bar proximity wise so it was easy just to hop off your bar stool go grab some nachos come back (laughs) there you go yeah we had a favorite bartender too so that was nice nice. (laughs) now how about the entertainment on board this seven night cruise because they do have do they still have the Cirque show in there They do, which I did not go Mm -hmm. either time that I was on the cruise. We did, uh, the first time I was there, they had the same shows, which was kind of disappointing to me at first because I had gone originally in 2017 and then I went in 2020 and I found that was probably my biggest disappointment. Like, why are the same shows still on the ship after, you know, 
three years. But um, so it was Burn the Floor and Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. And then they had that Big Top, which I think is the Cirque show that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And then they had like the Headliners Club and the Cavern Club. So I didn't make any reservations for shows because Pete is not really, you know, into that kind of thing. So one night we went into see the end, like kind of in the middle of burn the floor. Maybe it was towards the beginning. Well, I was so surprised because he loved it. <laughs> He's like, this is great. I nice. loved it. And I was really shocked. So we did see that. We did go into, like I said, headliners to see the comedians. And then they had a singer in there one night. The first night we were there, we got to see the Beatles in the Cavern Club. And that's a really hot ticket. Mm-hmm. And you had to wait in line to see them. And they were awesome. So we did end up getting a little table and we stayed for the whole show and we really enjoyed it. So what they do is they do, they start like young Beatles. And then as the cruise goes on, I think they play maybe three nights. They change their act each night. So they start with the young Beatles. Then they do, is it Sergeant Pepper? Maybe Sergeant Pepper is the last one, but we only missed, we only got to see the one show. And then the other nights they had like a band playing, They played in the Cavern Club, and then they also played by the pool, which we really enjoyed them. Pete really enjoyed them, and they ended up enjoying him as well. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. You you were talking about stage shows and how they're repetitive. Sometimes I was talking to an entertainment director at Carnival uh, probably about five or six years ago, and because of the investments – that's required with, you know, the training, the lighting, the copyrighted music and everything. Um, a normal stage show in the cruise industry normally lasts seven years or so. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's, uh, you'll have to. So that makes sense then. Yeah. You'll have to switch ships or whatever if you yeah. want to see a new <laughs> ship every seven years or a new show every seven years or so. But there you yeah. go. Yeah, for sure. Since this was a casino comp, I want to ask you about the casino. Um, One, how was it? But two, how was the smoking situation in and around it? Because I'm a frequent flyer at casinos, and we Mm. have a couple Indian reservation casinos in the area that allow smoking, I'm used to it. It wasn't bad. Honestly, Pete is not a, a gambler like I am. So we didn't spend as much time in the casino as I did the first time when I was with my mom. So she's a gambler. So it really wasn't bad. It was, it really wasn't that crowded. It was beautiful weather out. So I think a lot of people were just like all over the ship. So um, we, we gambled a little bit, but it was fine. It was nice. It didn't bother me the smoke or anything. So how hot were the bingo cards on Epic? I have a horrible bingo story because I actually had the full card bingo, Mm -hmm. but because they were going so fast I missed the bingo window Oh no! and I didn't get the prize. And I was really upset. I had a call that actually the assistant cruise director, I'm not a complainer, but I kind of was like, <laughs> I was upset. I said, you know, all those people in the back, there was a big group of people and they kept asking them to go faster. And I had bought like the big package of bingo. So you had like, I had a couple different cards and I couldn't keep up. <laughs> It was kind of my fault, but I should have asked them to slow down, but I didn't want to be the one saying slow down when they were all saying speed up. So, um, yeah, I was a little disappointed, but they actually refunded my money that I paid for the package, which was, you know, it was good on their part. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, like some people complain about the Epic State Rooms and some complain about Epic Bingo Cards, right? (laughs) So it takes all kinds, right? That's it. That's it. Let's let's talk about the ports of call on this seven-night cruise. Uh, Give us the port of call and then give us the highlight and then just move to the next one. Okay. 
do you want me to start with Puerto Rico? Uh, yeah, that was the pre-cruise. That works, yeah. Yeah, that was great. I had been to Puerto Rico before. I didn't stay in downtown San Juan, so that was nice. Downtown San Juan reminds me of Europe, so I enjoyed just walking through the streets. So that's the, my highlight for there. Our first day on the cruise was day at sea, so we didn't have a port of call that day. The very first port was Barbados. That was my least favorite. It was, and it probably was because of the weather. Mm-hmm. Um, it was raining. We didn't have an excursion plan for that day. We kind of just flew by the seat of our pants and we caught a cab and went into the downtown area. There's not much to do there. We did walk around a little bit and then we got a little discouraged, like I said, because of the weather and we headed back to the ship, which we were fine with mm-hmm. because we enjoyed the ship. Yeah. So, you know, that was good. The second day, second port was St. Lucia. And we did end up doing a small, all the excursions we did were kind of small excursions because we we did get one of the free at sea where you got the $50 per port discount on an excursion. Mm-hmm. So we did kind of, we went the cheap route and we did a little train ride through St. Lucia, which was actually kind of fun. It took us around. Um, we had a real good tour guide, funny, made us laugh. So we just went around the island that way, got to see the local things. The weather was okay, wasn't great either. So as we moved closer back to Puerto Rico, the weather got nicer. The third day was uh, St. Kitts, which was beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. We went on our own and got a cab. So it was more like a bus with a bunch of other people. And we stopped at where the two oceans meet, the hilltop. Mm -hmm. You know where I'm. I don't yeah. know if the, there's a I, name of that point. It's on the tip of my tongue, but you said there's a convergence there of the two. Yeah, it's the Atlantic on one side mm-hmm. and the Caribbean Sea on the other, and it's beautiful up there. So the cab driver actually stopped so we could get out and take pictures, and then he took us to a beach. Honestly, I don't know the name of the beach. I want to say it was Majors Bay. I'm thinking that's what it was. There was like a real nice restaurant in there and that you could rent chairs. Um, and we took a nice long uh, walk on the beach and just enjoyed the sunshine. It was, it was beautiful. So we really liked St. Kitts, but then the next day went to my favorite Island Tortola. We did do an excursion on Tortola through the cruise ship and it was a beach day. So we got in a little um, van and went over to this secluded beach near the airport, which was on a uh, beef Island. So I think it was like long Bay beach and rented some chairs and just, I don't think I got out of the water. It was so beautiful. Okay. I just kind of relaxed in the water and enjoyed myself until it was time to go. So that was Tortola. And then our last stop was St. Thomas, which we did another like Island tour and went to the mountaintop. Mm-hmm. where they have the banana daiquiris. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we looked out and somebody pointed out Michael Jordan's house. And I'm from Chicago. And I thought that was cool. Um, <laughs> I don't know what, if that really was the case, but it was a really nice house, whoever's house it was. <laughs> Our driver was awesome. He was a fireman in St. Thomas. And he told a lot of great stories. He grew up there. He took us to another lookout where there was a gentleman playing the steel drums. And our driver ended up knowing him and played the steel drums. I'm sure it's part of their gimmick, sure. but it was really cool and it was really fun. And they, you know, described how the high schools have, you know, steel band. That's part of their high school bands, the steel drum. And just it was very interesting on how they make it. 
and where the music comes from. It just, it was, it was excellent. I, I enjoyed that. And then a couple like places we stopped, there were guys with coolers selling a beer. So we'd have a beer and enjoy that. And it was, that was a lot of fun. It was a very hot day in St. Thomas. So the beer was nice and refreshing. Actually, when we got back to the port, we did go up to the top to Paradise Point. Mm-hmm. We took up the cable car and then we had a little drink up there as well. And then went back to the ship. So we kind of, it was just very a relaxing trip. We missed you and St. Thomas by just a couple of weeks then, because it was at the end of January when we flew down there to meet Tommy. Tommy? Yeah. Yeah. So we I was so jealous. Yeah. We were like two weeks, (laughs) we missed each other by maybe two or three weeks tops. We were like ships passing in the night, kind of. Yes. Yes. That's crazy. So St. Thomas was your last port of call? Yes. Gosh, and can we just talk about Tortola for a second and just how no one ever talks about it and how beautiful it really is? Like you have to pretty much sail Disney or Norwegian to even go there for the most part. I wish more cruise ships went there. I know it's small, but uh, I mean, as far as like the pier and everything, but gosh, it's a beautiful place. I would never heard about it, heard of it, I should say. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, I tried to do like research because that's me. I tried to do some research on it. And I had just seen, you know, the beautiful beaches. So once we get on the ship and I saw this little beach excursion, I said, okay, this is what we're going to do. Secluded beach. And just even just driving through, I found it like the hills and just, it was just beautiful. I really enjoyed Tortola and I would love just to go back and stay there on that beach (laughs) and stay in the water for a couple days because it was... Yeah, I implore anyone who's going on a ship, like if it, if it goes to Tortola or if it's a one-off sailing like Carnival does their Carnival Journey cruises, which are longer sailings, when we get back to those, like if you see Tortola on there, jump on the ship and check it out. It's a beautiful place. It's so beautiful that it's a, a dream of mine to go down there and stay for a week. Now, it's expensive down there, so I'll have to probably save for a little while, but Tortola is flipping amazing. So you made your way back to San Juan. Um, how was disembarkation? Since we fly like non-rev, we fly one bag. I have to pack everything in one rolly suitcase. Mm-hmm. So I've become very creative. So getting on the ship and getting off the ship is very easy for me, for us, because we just take our luggage with us. So that's what we did. We got off, we found a cab, we went straight to the airport to try to come home. <laughs> so So because yeah. you're you're flying like with an airline employee, you're basically like having to wait to make sure there's room or can you check that in advance? We checked that in advance to okay. see how the flights look. We actually couldn't fly direct to Chicago, so we actually took a little detour on the way home. We stopped in Washington DC and then flew from Washington DC home. Okay. So, yeah. Gotcha. Very good. But it wasn't bad. Yeah, that's the story of our life. <laughs> Part of the non-rev game, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. totally. Which I wouldn't want it any other way. Exactly. So. <laughs> any first-time tips to offer someone sailing Norwegian Epic? Just enjoy the ship. It's a, it's beautiful. It's big. I would recommend doing what I do. Do some research so you get your, you know, once you get on the ship, you get your bearings. You know where your room is. You know where the restaurants are that you're going to. The pool. Enjoy the crew. I really enjoyed. The crew. I'm a people person to begin with, mm-hmm. but just everybody, you know, you hear horror stories about, the, you know, the crew being rude. And I didn't see that at all. I just like I, I said, we had our, our favorite bartender. And the story with Alvin was 
you know, I had gone the first day to, to buy a drink and, you know, gave them our cards. And that night we were in O'Sheehan's at their little bar and he came up to us and I recognized him, but he called me by name. And he's like, are you drinking a Miller Lite? Because <laughs> that's what I drank that's... earlier. And I was so surprised. I'm like, you remember us? Like he remembered our names. And he's like, of course. And he was our bartender the whole time. He would you know, spot me and he'd be like, is it Miller Lite or is it something else? You know, he knew what, what I drank. And that was awesome. So that's it. Enjoy the ship. Enjoy the people. Just have fun. Did you see a lot of the same crew members from when you were on in the Med to San Juan? You know what? When I went on the Mediterranean cruise on the Epic, it I, it was a totally different ballgame because I was with my mom. Okay. So I didn't really frequent the bars. Mm-hmm. I really basically didn't drink when I was on the cruise with my mom because we were trying to we had paid for that cruise. We're frugal travelers. So mm-hmm. we tried to just, you know, uh, we actually bought wine since we were in Europe. We bought wine with us and brought it on the ship and paid the $15 corkage fee. So I really didn't frequent the bars. So I didn't recognize any of the crew. But they were still nice to if they were the same crew, they were awesome the second time. Yeah. So it just made me think like how the crew remembers you from ship to ship. When I was on a cruise like in it was probably seven years ago or so, the bartender walked up to me and I ordered a, a crown and coke back when I drank crown. Um can't do that anymore after I think I hit thirty and <laughs> I just can't do sugary liquors anymore. I have to do vodka. Okay. So, but anyway, that's neither that's understandable. There. Yeah, but then, like years later, the same server walked up to me and handed me a crown and coke. Now, those were in my past days, but I did take it because uh, you know he remembered. I was like, "Here's your drink, sir." I'm like, "I didn't order that." He's like, "No, but you drank that last time you were on board." I'm like, "Holy I find crap! Amazing. This guy remembers me from years ago. What I drank uh, with the lime and everything. It's like wild." That's a gift. Yeah, I think that's a gift. Totally. And and you know, all of them, you had that experience. I had that experience. I mean, I know he had just seen me. So it wasn't like, I mean, I, but I really believe in my heart that if I saw Alvin again on another cruise, he mm-hmm. would recognize me and yeah. he, would, he would know that I drink Miller Lite. <laughs> <laughs> totally. hundred percent. Well, looking back, what was the biggest highlight of your cruise? Just like I said, just the people meeting the crew, meeting um, other guests. I'm getting older. I'm 55. We really enjoyed um, some of the seniors on mm-hmm. the cruise, just their stories as well. How many cruises they had been on. Pete was that was his first time. So when he had heard stories of people that, you know, have like been on their, you know, 10th or 11th cruise, he was like in awe of it. And he and then he realized afterwards, he's like, I see why these people like to go on cruises. So mm-hmm. it was just for me, it's it's a kind of a people experience. I really enjoy meeting people and, of course, the places the places that you go on a cruise, you know, you can never, how do you go to, you know, you, you would just go to St. Thomas and I know mm-hmm. you would enjoy it more if you stayed there, but I really enjoy getting a little glimpse of places and then deciding if, you know, where I want to go stay a little longer. Yeah. Like a little Tortola. sampler. Yeah. Right. Sure. Right. Absolutely. So, well, yeah. a question I've been asking a lot lately during this whole shutdown and the resumption of cruising starting to ramp up is When cruising resumes, do you see yourself cruising again? Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I was telling you earlier when we spoke pre-interview that we have a cruise booked on Disney for my mom's 75th birthday that was supposed to take place this December. And we actually canceled before the cruise 
canceled. They gave us the option to rebook. So we did for next year. But I'm hoping to get on the ship whenever I can. Yeah, no. <laughs> I just, I love it. And I was a little disappointed when I heard that NCL put up the Epic as collateral for some liquidity, some mm-hmm. loans. So I'm hoping that they don't have to sell it or anything because I feel like it's part of my home. <laughs> Well, I was I mean, on it twice. <laughs> yeah, Norwegian, most of the cruise lines, actually, if we're being real here, have most yeah. of their ships up for collateral right now. So yeah. well, it's you know, not just Epic. The, but, yeah, it was at the beginning. Yeah. So I know Epic was one of the first ones mm-hmm. that they had announced. Yeah, it would be it would be a little disappointing. I mean, for any of them, actually. Mm-hmm. But um, I really enjoyed it, even though like people have given it a bad rap. It's a cruise ship. How bad is it? Yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, I know you sailed on Epic in the med with your mom, would you be willing to come back um, maybe in a couple of weeks and share that with us? Absolutely. Awesome. Very good. Well, we'll wrap it up here and I'll just say, give me your final thoughts of Norwegian Epic. Norwegian Epic is epic. I know I said that before, (laughs) but it's big. It's beautiful. The crew makes you feel welcome. It makes you feel like you're at home. I loved it. Very good. We've been talking with Francine about her seven-night Caribbean voyage on Norwegian Epic from San Juan, Puerto Rico. I'm going to hold you to it, Francine. I want you to come back in a couple of weeks and give us that med review on Epic. Oh, I will. And that one's that one's awesome because we didn't really eat on the ship. We ate, uh, you know, so I've got all different aspects yeah. about well, that in, one. You're in Europe, so you kind of have to eat. Yeah, exactly. You do. Well, thank you so much <laughs> for the review today. I appreciate it. Okay, thank you, Doug. It was so nice talking to you. All right, Dougie, let's see what we got here, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.